Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You're about to listen to another proud presentation brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs. Stand out from the crowd. For more information, visit revengelover.com and mention the podcast for 10% off of your order. Hi, I'm Eric, also known as v 47 from the Ranger Command Power Hour and the Starfleet Escape Podcast. You're listening to another great Four-Eyed Radio product. For more shows, check out foureyedradio.com. It's morphin' time! Today on Ranger Command Power Hour. This is the first time logging into Skype since I got the new phone, so I had to like reconfigure and everything. What? 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 Someone's got some, some tunes on this or <laughs> That's not me. Is that Chris? That would be a Chris thing to do to just come yeah. in and not say anything and <laughs> start playing music. Life is a highway because we're talking about road trips. Oh, so he's been he's been uh he's been creeping on us. Nice. You were creeping Hi. on him when you could tell when he opened the show notes, and now he's been creeping on us by listening to our conversation. I was gonna make a joke about like I loved Common Rider Drive. I don't know what you're all talking about. Like, <laughs> well you need to drive. I've missed all the drama the last few days and like it's it's both refreshing and depressing because I'm like yeah. that gave me purpose to wake up like, ooh, what kind of drama can I be involved in today? And then to not be a part of it the last couple of times, I'm kinda like, God, why are people arguing over a show and like meant for Japanese children? Like <laughs> I just think it's funny like the kid was like, Oh, you soldiers just bad. That's a fact. You can't argue with facts. And I was like, opinions are not facts. Like, no matter how like, vehemently you declare them, it's still your opinion. Okay, calm down. They had like a good fourth quarter. But here's my question. They're like, Ooh, revenue increased. And I'm like, Compared to what? You didn't have Zero. it last year. Like, <laughs> you didn't have it fourth quarter of last year. Yes, like congratulations. Money came in that you didn't have coming in last year. Or basically, they're like, hey, we're still paying for it, uh, so that's why we made no money. I think it was some guy from like J.P. Morgan Chase because they always announce who's asking the question. And okay, let's be honest. Did the person say like their name was uh, Eric from RCPH LLC? No, like... shut up. It wasn't me. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the guy from J.P. Morgan Chase was like, "Will Reese Soldier be the next Sentai?" <laughs> that would have been hilarious. <laughs> There's always one fanboy in every audience somewhere. Hey, uh, Eric, did uh, did you make sure it's actually recording, you know, this time? Uh, oh. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for that. You know, I was going to be nice and not say anything, and Rose is like, hold on, let me quick dig at Eric before we get started real fast. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I remember the last time. I just want to make sure. <laughs> and now on Ranger Command Power Hour. Ay, 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 ay. It's the Ranger Command Power Hour. Today on the Power Hour, episode 154, Ranger Merch Review, Boom Studios, Power Ranger Comics, Part 8, Necessary Evil, Part 1, recorded on February 11th, 2020. Welcome to the Ranger Command Power Hour on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. Send a Ranger up with your host, I'm Eric, also known as Trekkie B47. I'm Chris Number 1, also known as Toku Chris. I'm Chris Dose, also known as Long's Toys. And I'm Ro, also known as Roll of Queen. This episode is brought to you by our patrons on Patreon. 
Go to patreon.com slash rangercommandph to learn more about supporting Ranger Command Power Hour. Thanks to our $5 and above patrons, Juan S., Steve F., Doug F., Tyler W., Tyler B., Eric D., Jacob P., Steve M., Liz M., Craig M., Callum M., Mason M., Derek G., and Teresa B. for supporting us this month. I think they're all related. <laughs> no. All the M's. <laughs> Also, I'm kind of I'm kind of upset at myself. I should have said Chris too for, and now I'm kind of mad. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> Can we redo the intro? <laughs> <laughs> oh, how's it going? Uh, Crickets. I mean, <laughs> it's not going well. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what day it is anymore. They all blend together. It's Tuesday. Yeah, I feel pretty much the same way. But earlier today, just going into the news before we talk about some comics, February 11th, Hasbro Investor Call. So they're doing good? (laughs) (laughs) Define good. They good, they good. We'll have links in our show notes, but their major press release and at least uh, related to Power Rangers, one of the quotes is emerging brands revenue increased 5% to 377.6 million driven by shipments of Power Rangers and Play School, including Mr. Potato Head and offset by declines in Littlest Pet Shop and Quick Strike collectible offerings. Emerging brands revenue grew in the U.S. and Canada segment and entertainment licensing and digital segment, but declined in the international segment. So yeah, 5%. Real quick, I just like how it says with the uh, increased shipments of Power Rangers and Play School, but not Power Rangers Play School because that's not found anywhere. <laughs> they forgot to ship that actually. Yeah, that's not that didn't reach anywhere. I forgot that was the thing. So did Hasbro. I was just saying, it's a shame because <laughs> they're pretty cool and I like What do we do last year? Oh shit, we forgot to send all that stuff. Oh, <laughs> it's at Gary's house, Gary. <laughs> no, it's at my house or, or at Myers, apparently. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah, I was going to say, you guys have, doesn't Myers have like all the, the Micromorphers like series two? Because that never went anywhere. Else. Like if you have a Myers next to you, you go and you say like the Micromorphers series two bags. I think they're only being carried in Mayer or Myers or Mayers or whatever the hell you call it at this point. Go buy the case and you could probably flip it for a profit. That's my scalping tool for the day. <laughs> I actually found one of the blind bags at a target near me for series two. I actually did a double take cause there was like one lonely packet mixed in with a bunch of uh, like Lego blind packs. And it just happened to be at the end cap of the Lego section. And I like walked past it. I saw the packaging in my eye. I was like, wait, what? And I looked at it. It was season two and I bought it. So I got like a, Beast Morphers Red, not the Morphex version, but the regular version. And I got uh, Alpha 5. Yeah. Anyways, they also had some management remarks, which is basically uh, the scripted version of what they're talking about before they answered investor questions. Quote, we added Power Rangers to our Hasbro-owned portfolio, executing the brand across our blueprint in consumer products, entertainment, and digital gaming. 2020 will be our first full year globally, and we will offer new expressions across product, gaming, story, and experience. And they talk about the 3% U.S. and Canada segment revenue, growth in partner and emerging brands. But they said underlying profit is essentially flat as we absorbed higher royalty costs in supporting partner brand growth and higher intangible amortization associated with Power Rangers. 
Can you break that down in layman's terms, please? Basically, <laughs> so basically who speaks investor? So basically, the amortization is they're paying off what they spent for Power Rangers. And it was pretty much all of the stuff associated with like acquiring the brand with the IP, the copyright stuff. Not only was it that 500 million, but they're also paying back those costs to buy it. Basically oh, okay. it, it didn't, it didn't make enough money to do anything other than be flat is okay. what I take out of it. It's kind of like, yeah, we didn't really make any money and, and we're we're still paying it off, and so what we paid off versus what we made off of it, it's kind of like, eh. it's it's really hard to really get any tangible information out of this real quick because one, they're they're lumping everything together, like oh, emerging and partner brands did this. Well, you know what a partner brand is? Marvel, Star Wars. Yeah. So they're combining all that together because you know they're not going to come out and be like. Uh, so this is what this brand did, and this is what this brand did, and this is what this brand did. Obviously, they're still talking Power Rangers, but you have to remember, for shareholders, they just mm-hmm. had a major purchase two years ago. It's a whole lot of gibberish that really means nothing at the end of the day. We'll find more out on the 18th. Uh, the okay. 21st. Well, there's an investor call on the 18th, too. No, there's not. Yeah, there is. That's not on their site. We'll eventually find out more. <laughs> I, 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 Thanks for derailing. <laughs> No, upcoming events on the 21st. That's their big investor event at Toy Fair. Oh, well, what do I know? Well, <laughs> well I mean, <laughs> do you know something stuff. more? <laughs> well, no, I, I, I haven't, I don't follow, I, I'll, I'll never wake up early enough to care enough to get on these calls and listen to them. But there's a guy on the network that does, and he had been like, oh yeah, February 18th is the next one that's going to be specific to this, 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 and this. And I was like, oh, okay. And so that's what I was running off of, so maybe he was wrong. I don't know. Okay. No. When do they tell us when if uh, GI Joe six inch figures are a thing or not? Be on the twenty second. So just a toy fan. This yeah. Weeks. Well, it'll. Uh, let's be honest. Like this next week, I'll probably half the shit they reveal at Toy Fair. They're going to reveal on IGN and Heavy and yeah, Comic that's Book. true. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So you'll know everything going into it, and you're gonna be like, yay! <laughs> yeah. Last year, pretty much everything leaked before Toy Fair even opened. And Wait, really? Individual. Not oh, happy yeah. about it. <laughs> Thank you, SouthernHobby.com, for the first look at the Lightning Collection figures 24 hours before Hasbro revealed them. They weren't pissed at all. <laughs> yeah, it was great when I was sitting in the hotel in New York at Toy Fair and spent all that money to come out there and all that shit release like <laughs> that. But Eric, <laughs> that Eric, day. <laughs> Eric, think about it. You got to see the only made backpack that ever happened. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> So that was worth the cost of a mission. <laughs> you got the backpack, the one item that we'll never see release. That's right. Wayfair exclusive. <laughs> also the cheetah shirt that we never will get. Oh, that's right. The whole ensemble. Oh, that way. I thought just the backpack got the scrap. I mean, everything got scrapped. Are you kidding me? Oh. <laughs> yeah, like wave two of the play school toys. Up oh, too soon? Too soon? <laughs> Look, I collected those play school figures. I thought they're really neat. I thought they're better than the uh, Imagine X. You're going to have to go find Gary because he's got them all in his garage. (laughs) Eric, you know me. I loved them. I have all of them, too. I wish there were more, but I'm just starting to be a realist about it. (laughs) So, yeah, we'll definitely find out more uh, at Toy Fair or the week before or whenever. I'll be at Toy Fair. Yay. Yay. Speaking of Toy Fair... 
if anyone's going to be in the New York area, Chris, you want to talk about that for Bluefin? Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Excitedly? The I'm tossing the ball. The Sorry, I'm, I, it's, it's been a rough day. It's been a long, rough day. So I'm, I'm trying to be like, yay. So there's going to be a, a Bluefin. Obviously, they're, they're releasing Common Rider product into Yes. Uh, the branches, they call it Team Rider. So that entire team is going to be at Toy Fair. And on Saturday the 22nd, after Toy Fair ends, they want to get as many people together as they can down in Times Square, um, meeting in front of the Midtown Comics Times Square location. Don't have the address in front of me. Google it. You'll find it. We're just going to get everyone together, hang out. We're going to go take a big group picture, trying to do like a henchin pose or something. Should be a good time. They're going to have some stuff to give away for people that show up. I will preface it with, you never know who might show up to these events. And those are their words from a live stream that they did Token Nation uh, about a month ago. You never know who will be there. I will be there. I'm not a special guest, though. Chris, aren't you coming, too? Uh, weather permitting, yes. Oh, oh, that's going to be weather permitting. Okay. What about, <laughs> cor- what about <laughs> coronavirus permitting, huh? Coronavirus permitting, too? Oh, I already have that. That's fine. Oh, <laughs> So... So yeah, if, if you're if you're going if you're gonna be in New York or in the area or whatever, I, I want to really preface it's gonna be fun. There's not gonna necessarily be like earth shattering, groundbreaking news coming out. I don't know that, but I'm pretty sure there won't be. It's just a cool chance to hang out with people. It's a very good opportunity to show that hey, you know what? There's some there's some love for Common Rider here in the U.S. because uh, it's one of those things where. Do you, do you really think they're going to get a bunch of people together, take a picture, and then like just keep it on their personal Facebooks? New. No. This is leverage material to be like, hey, look, we want more toys to release here. Check this out. We did this in New York City. If we can get 150, 200 U.S. Common Rider fans hanging out in New York City together just to hang out for a couple hours and that's it, Like, imagine. I mean, mm-hmm. that'll go a big way. Apparently the heads over at Bandai were like really like impressed at uh, Anime Expo just having... Someone, I think uh, it was Dustin, uh, was there in, in cosplay. Like They were really impressed that uh, a U.S. fan was cosplaying as Kamen Rider. One person was cosplaying as Kamen Rider. They're like, oh, in the U.S. Like, so if, if that's all it takes, like if we can get a couple hundred people together, take a nice big group picture, everyone's got Kamen Rider merch with them or something like that, that'll be... It'll be huge. It'll be great. It'll be huge. And it's Toy Fair, so you never know. Maybe Bandai <laughs> does toys. Maybe Bandai people will be there. You never know. So I'm just saying you can make it out cool if you can't it's not a big deal whatever but you suck but the rest of us will be <laughs> so, <laughs> so this episode will be out on on saturday the 15th so you pretty much have a week if you're in the new york area and, and want to meet fellow fans of common rider and hang out and everything that chris said and in two weeks if you're in the chicago area for c2e2 bluefin is also doing an event at c2e2 but that will be at their booth on the show floor on saturday the 29th in the evening pretty much the same thing huge group photo opportunity and i don't think it'll be as cool as going to midtown comics and in Times square but it'll be at their booth inside the show uh towards the end of the day of saturday which is the busiest day of the convention and so that'll be a cool way to see some stuff at their booth and hang out with Common Rider fans. So I'll be at that show. The guys that are on Team Rider, David and Steve and Kenneth and all those guys, picture trying to get Power Rangers from the U.S. into like, um, you know, so you're trying to get into Canada, right? Just, for, just go along with me real quick. So, oh, you know, we need someone there. And then imagine that they put like Eric, AP and Zach 
in charge of trying to get Power Rangers into Canada. That's kind of what it feels like is having these guys mm-hmm. running Team Riders. That they're all huge Kamen Rider fans, you know, with collections of their own. They're they're fans, so they're they're even more invested. Because you know, people always say like, oh, you know, people have a job, and there's people that like have a passion, and their passion is their job. These guys just happen to be very passionate about Kamen Riders before they tried to bring it over, and now that they're bringing it over in pieces. They're giving you to live out the dream, right? If my job every day was, hey, Chris, go see if you can get some more Common Rider toys released in the U.S. Like, I'd be like, can I work 24 hours a day? You know? And then they get to do that. So there's more good stuff coming. Some stuff trickles, you know, trickle here, trickle there. But they have some really exciting stuff coming up that I know they're really excited about. That I'll pr- I don't know what it is. They just tell me they have a lot of exciting stuff coming up and they can't wait to tell me. So I'm just telling you they have a lot of exciting stuff coming up and they can't wait to tell everybody. But... <laughs> It's going to be a good time, and you can hang out with Tom. Everybody wants to hang out with Tom, right? I haven't hung out with Tom in 13 years. I'm going to hang out with him for the first time. I've been in New York. I've been around, and last year, Tom never showed up. Like, Chris, you were there. We were trying to get Tom, and he just... That's true. I was like, I need to meet Tom. (laughs) (laughs) What's funny now is is he has a a newborn child, and he's still making the trek out. But last year, he didn't have a newborn child. He was just... (laughs) Well, I think so it was his like, priorities. It was, he promised his wife like a day together or something. He was like, I can't go back on my wife. See, this year he has a newborn kid, so he's dying to get out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's, he's, he's bringing his oldest son, too. His oldest son is a big Common Rider fan. So, oh, nice. Uh, oh, that's dope. Yeah, so he's going to bring his oldest son with him. I was like, cool. And originally Jordan was going to go. Uh, I think that fell through. Pretty sure that fell through because Jordan's like, "Hey, I want to go, but I quit my job." <laughs> well, that sucks. <laughs> so he should have plenty of time. <laughs> well, I told he's like, "I don't have the money to go." So I told him, "Like, well, if you start walking right now, yeah, just start driving, there. You you should be able to make it." But if that was the case, that was going to be the first time the three of us have ever hung out together in person. Oh man! All right, let's talk about Power Rangers. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's why we're here. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. Now we get to the good stuff necessary evil and we're going to talk about the first half of necessary evil with go go power rangers issues 21 through 25 and 40 through 45 of mmpr we're not gonna go down every single issue so kind of like last time we're just gonna keep the conversation to these issues right now and then in a few months when necessary evil finally concludes uh, we'll come back and kind of wrap everything up. But overall, I really enjoyed the whole kickoff, the first five issues of each series for Necessary Evil. There was such a great buildup of story that we really didn't get with Beyond the Grid. And I mean, we hyped on, or we tra- like, yeah, we piled on to Beyond the Grid Take enough in our last one. <laughs> We hyped it. No, we didn't. No. Wait, wait a second. What did we do? Oh, that's why we trashed it. I was going to no, trash it. Don't say I trash. I want to point that's out that word. all of the episode or episode issue descriptions are now long again because it's not Beyond the Grid. So he's taking the time to actually <laughs> list them in the show notes. This yeah, true. Again. See, last time I, I ran out of time and I almost ran out of time this time. But I'm like, if I don't put some bullet points in here, they, they're going to think. I just don't like this. <laughs> like this is literally, this is literally. There's this show notes are nine pages long, and this is eight of the nine pages are the bullet points for all these issues. Yeah. Whereas last time, like Before everything it was like beyond the grid, things. something happened. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things I wanted to ask you guys: 
one of the things we talked about last issue and, and Togekiss, you specifically, you were saying that like, kind of like how Go Go Power Rangers was like bouncing back and forth and kind of filling things in with the last time that they did that. I think you were saying that it was kind of getting repetitive and all of you guys, your thoughts about how with this necessary evil banner, almost a year of storytelling, how do you guys feel about that approach that GoGo is still taking about informing the main line of comics? I think this run of GoGo is a little bit different than the last run of GoGo. And the reason I will say it's different, even though it's the same format, when you had the original GoGo, we didn't know what the end point was, right? Mm -hmm. We didn't know where the ending of it was. We just knew we were covering the story. We were, it's Power Rangers without the Green Ranger. That's all we really knew. Um, and it was creating new stories and new characters. It was a lot of fun. But it was kind of, you didn't really know where it was going. In Necessary Evil, you know where it ends now because they're telling you it starts, basically, I'll, I'll use your bullet point here, at the divergence point. So where Tommy was supposed to die in Shattered Grid, he doesn't die. And that's where they're starting Go-Go Power Rangers for the most, well, okay. That's where we thought they were starting Go-Go Power Rangers we find out later that they're not starting it. But you know it, it's going to end when they catch up to where Mighty Morphin 40. is. It's going to catch up where Mighty Morphin Power Rangers starts after Shattered Grid, after Beyond the Grid, sorry, whatever. So now you know where the ending point is. And if you're reading both comics, it's nice because it's filling, it's filling in questions or gaps or like adding little intricacies that Mighty Morphin doesn't touch on. If Mighty Morphin's pushing the main narrative forward... Gogo now is is truly going in and giving extra context to what's happening in Mighty Morphin. The part that might be a little overwhelming to fans if you're not reading both is you can miss out a, a little mm -hmm. bit. If you're not reading Gogo, you will miss out a little bit on what Mighty Morphin's doing. It's kind of like Mighty Morphin wants to tell a 40-page comic book story and they can't. So whatever they can't tell in that issue, they throw it to Gogo and Gogo kind of carries that like oh hey instead of giving you a flashback in mighty morphin we'll just give it to you as the story in gogo which is is working for me but mm -hmm. uh, and i think we'll talk about it further down when we get closer to the, the 25 i think it is eric that you have on here kind of what my issue really became or what i noticed because i know i talked to you about it eric like a day before they announced the news on gogo but i'll save that till we get closer to the end just because it's it, gogo power into 21 starts off really good but by 25 you kind of realize, wait a second, it almost feels like they're rushing this now. And now we know why. Yeah, and that's what I wanted to get to. When all of Necessary Evil ends, I feel like I want to go back and read it chronologically. Like, read all of Go-Go, Necessary Evil, and then segue right into 40 to, to 50 of MMPR. And I almost feel like that's going to be the next big hardcover volume that they release. That's what it feels like. They're just going to forget about Beyond the Grid. <laughs> Pretty much. Mighty Morphin like Power Rangers Volume 4, picking up Necessary Evil. <laughs> Beyond the Grid. Yeah, we're going to put that in the collection. Yeah, you can get that in trade paperback. You're good. Chris Rowe, I'll uh, give the same question to you guys. How, how do you feel about GoGo sticking to its format, especially in this crossover event? I appreciate it. I really do appreciate it. I think I've mentioned it a couple of times, too. In the actual TV show, again, it was just... A lot of the stuff was just very sloppily done. We're talking behind-the-scenes drama, production, you know, the, the whole nine yards. 
But what I do appreciate here, especially with the you know the last couple issues, which we'll get to later, I like the filling in the blanks here. I'm getting some type of closure, I guess. You know, mm-hmm. like my, my eyes are opened up more and it's done in a creative way. Whereas we don't have to worry about, you know, Sentai footage and they can, and Ryan Parrott is just really doing his best to flesh this out. And I also just really appreciate how there was a time skip, you know, same thing with uh, Mighty Morphin. There was a, mm-hmm. a, a huge time skip. So both comics kind of just were on the same playing field. They were just in two separate two kind of separate points in the same season, which I really appreciate. So again, I, I do appreciate how Gogo is filling in those blanks, you know, Mighty Morphin, there's a lot it wants to do. And there is a lot it is doing a lot, a lot, a lot. But at the same time, you know, you can only do so much with, you know, like 20 some pages, but again, that's what Gogo is here for filling in those blanks, giving us another concise story. And it's a, it's a story that we all wanted we all wanted yep. this and we never got it. So again, I'll probably talk more as we move further down the line, but I really appreciate where it's going. Like I'm, I'm very pleased. I'm so pleased. Earlier, Chris said that we didn't know where the original go-go was going to end, but I feel like we all kind of figured out that it must eventually end with the start of green with evil since MMPR basically picks up, like, the first issue of MMPR is right after Green with Evil. So I think, like, logically, we kind of all thought that's where it was going to end. And when we got that power, Go-Go Power Rangers Forever, where it literally, like, the last panel of that is them at the martial arts tournament, which is, like, yeah. the first scene of Green with Evil, I thought that was all wrapped up really nice. And that's why, I and I think it was originally supposed to, I thought that's where Go-Go was going to end. Like, it seemed yes. perfect. You wrapped it up, you tied up all the loose ends and a nice bow, and it was done. And I thought, okay, cool. And then they're like, JK, we're still going. And I was like, oh, all right, well, I'll keep reading it. You know what I mean? Like, it's been fun. So they kind of took MMPR after Shattered Grid and just kind of threw it on down the road a while so that they'd have a pocket of time that they could now do Go-Go in. And I just think it's such a neat idea to take the behind the scenes drama of the three actors walking off the show (laughs) and retcon that into an actual thing that makes sense and is neat and is an actual plot. What's Chris doing? Chris, breaking news. What's going on? Oh, the Power Rangers Twitter account posted a picture of Lightning Collection Goldar holding a sign that said, wake up at 7 a.m. PST tomorrow. What the hell? I'll already be awake because of my Wait, job. 7 a.m. Pacific time. Okay. That's Western time in case you anyone's coming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I didn't want to interrupt anybody. So I'm like, uh, where the hell is Chad on Skype? I only use Skype when I'm on Ranger Command. So That's fine. He's like, wait. He's at 7 p.m. Right? Quick, lightning collection. Yeah, 7 a.m. Pacific. No, I'll, I'll be at work. work. I'll, I'll be literally walking in the door at work. Also, I'm not sure that that's going to be any news. I think Goldar just opened a fortune cookie. Like, doesn't that scrap of paper in the text look like it's Dude, a fortune from a fortune what, cookie? What kind of fortune cookie has a fortune that has that much freaking paper in it? Like, that better be one big-ass fortune cookie. Oh, that's the only way it's also Comic Sans, which is horrible. No hey. one should be using that font. Hey, I love <laughs> He's comics. a space monkey, Eric. Why don't you give him a break? <laughs> <laughs> doesn't it look like he's, he's excited, though. Like, you zoom out on his face. It's almost like he's smiling. Do you know what it is? It's more trailer for Beast Morphers. 
It's the extended season two trailer. It's another 15 yeah. seconds. Yeah. Even more trailer. It's our trailer, not Nickelodeon's. <laughs> uh, I have no idea what it is, except it'll probably be at um, comic book or IGN or heavy. What the hell's heavy? It's something Saban used to use all the time. Just one of those like, hey, you guys have a lot of followers. We're going to give you exclusive news. <laughs> Issue 21. <laughs> I I really thought it was brilliant that they redid the start of Shattered Grid from 25 with the date and turned that into the divergence point. I thought that was a smart way to say look reality is back to the way it should be and they segment into following along with green no more because they get turban shell and for this run of gogo they're doing that more especially we'll talk about it with white light they're really being clear about where things are right now in the timeline and that's something I do appreciate because while they've said in the past that, you know, they kind of want to avoid retelling some of these stories in a way they're still doing that because we're not seeing like, you know, a frame by frame recreation of what's on the TV show. We're seeing those moments in between those big events and the way that Ryan Parrott and Cinna Grace, because he's co-writing Go Go Power Rangers, the way that they're able to take those moments in between what we've seen in the show and still tell their own story with that, I think is really impressive. Mm-hmm. And so GoGo Power Rangers uh, 22, they actually still do a flashback uh, to just uh, after Tommy joins the team after they defeat Rita's spell. And I really like that they're still taking the time to do what go-go power rangers has always done best is not only are we filling in the gap but we're also still getting flashbacks and i thought that was a, a great moment to show that you know not all of the team was on board with tommy after he broke the spell zordon was just kind of like okay go and do it they came together as a team but it's in those moments afterwards where they're like wait is this really such a great idea and There were plenty of callbacks to past issues of the comic book, even from the main run, Mm -hmm. with Zach mentioning his offer from Rita. It's moments like that where I think it really shows how strong the continuity of the storytelling just in the comics is. I definitely agree there. Because the first thing I thought about when I was reading the first couple of pages of 22 was like, Oh, wow, this is very similar to what happened in the beginning of Mighty Morphin. Because I remember um, the tension was really high Mm -hmm. back Mm -hmm. when Mighty Morphin first began, especially between, it was Jason and Tommy, too. So it's nice to see that there was even some more stuff going on on top of that. So definitely, I I did appreciate that as well. And, um, well... I'll let you continue. I don't want to jump ahead in that issue, but yeah. And so they're really desperate to find a new source of power for Tommy. And there's this great moment with Billy and Zordon where Billy actually gets frustrated with Zordon because Zordon's kind of like ignoring his points and he's desperate to come up with a new power source because Billy realizes, and this is a great arc for Billy who you know, used to have a a morphed version of his suit underneath his clothes. There's still some of that vulnerability there where he says, look, 
I need to find out a way to repower Tommy because this could happen to any of us. And I thought that was a really great moment. Um, in the last issue, it left off with the emissary revealing himself to Jason. And then in this issue, Jason actually gets all of his memories back. <sighs> Chris, <laughs> what the hell is going on? Really I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm so glad I was muted because I, I busted up laughing watching that video. I'm sorry. Just take a quick break. And, and oh, my God, it's the greatest thing in the world. <laughs> I love Dustin to the end of the earth. And that video is perfect. I have to go listen to it again. Oh, my God. What <laughs> The ending gets me every time. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> oh man. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Blooper edit for Chris. I'll stop. I'll stop. I'm I'm done. I'm done. No more no more texting in this. <laughs> I'm lost. <laughs> you were talking about how the blue emissary revealed. Oh, who, who gives it? And the so... blue, emissary, wait, blue emissary said, "Jason, you should be being paid more. You know, get with Trini and Zach, and <laughs> yeah. likeness rights. You know, all that." It was all the blue emissary's idea. I'm gonna have to edit out like some knocking with my. <laughs> Like, I, I laugh, and I'm a big dude, and so I'm shaking the floor, which is in turn shaking my feet off, and I know my audio is going to suck ass for this recording. Eric, you won't matter. No, this is being recorded anyway. It is! <laughs> Don't start with me. I'm watching that, I'm watching that green light the whole time. <laughs> White light. Oh man, this is great. Oh my god. Cayman Rider. Okay. Sorry, I'm going to close the chat and Skype. Okay. And mute. So. With GoGo Power Rangers, other events that happened that kind of informed the rest of Mighty Morphin, I was really surprised in issue 21 and 22, Lord Zed mentioning the Dark Rangers. That was so oh. out of left field for me. And I have no idea if that was an idea that's abandoned because... I don't know. Is like Lord Zed going to bust out of his dumpster that he's confined in and just unleash the Dark Rangers? I have Dude, no idea where they were going with this. Here's what I'm thinking. This is just complete conjecture. But what if the necessary evil is Lord Zed? What if they have to go and let him out of the dumpster on the condition yeah. that he helps them stop? The annoying her name is the Blue Omega oh, Chicken. Oh, uh, Kia? Yeah. Her and her minions. Like, what if they have to team up with him and he is the necessary evil? I mean, it would make sense because was it at the end of Shattered Grid? They went up to Rita for help as well. That's true. Yeah. So that it's what it's if full circle? Necessary evil is just a a terminology used for the necessary evils that we justify to ourselves 
in order to do something, such as Jason lying to his friends and yep. abandoning them, and they're doing that's it because true. that's the necessary evil in order to do the necessary good. Bars. But then, unfortunately, Maybe. that necessary evil blows up in their face when the blue chick goes rogue. That's because <laughs> you have too many big dogs in the room between Jason and Tommy. And oh, one I of thought these, you were talking about Dane. One of these days, they're just going to have to make out and get it over with. So. Not PMC 2020. Well, not going to happen in real life. <laughs> I do have a theory, though. Yeah, do you go. think Jason I, screams ah before he gets to someone? <laughs> <laughs> oh god, I'm dying. Yeah. <laughs> is that me Tommy accepts it going, so do you ah! <laughs> I'm trying, oh. I need a second. <laughs> All right. When I heard Zed say the line about the Dark Rangers, this is very far-fetched, but I could be on the nose here. I was thinking it was a reference to what they could do. Because remember back in the Marvel comics, uh, Zed did bring back the Dark Rangers again, but it was way in the season three. I don't know if you guys remember that comic book. Oh, yeah, I, I remember that because that was uh, collected in that those old school collections that Boom released. It was paper cuts. I didn't read it. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, well, just some context. So in one of those old school comics, uh, I think Zed found the broken pieces of the Thunder Megazord and somehow he was able to tap into the Morphin Grid and he was able to create a second team of Dark Rangers that looked exactly like the, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. But at that time, they were able to draw it because the Rangers were already in their ninja suits, so they can you can easily differenti- differentiate between the two. I'm thinking maybe that's something that can happen later down the line because we still have a whole right. bunch of material for Season 3 to happen, you know, that they still haven't even touched yet in the comic books. Also, too... They did break the, what is it, the green... The crystal. The green crystal as well. So I, I think that was on purpose. I think that could, that's something that could happen. I've been... It, it's one of my theories. I don't know if it's true. What but, if that crystal is a green chaos crystal and we just never knew? They pretty much said that's what it is. <laughs> oh, I, mean, I meant like the, the dragon crystal thingy. Unless it right. is. Oh, well, you know. Who needs reading? <laughs> <laughs> That was the other thing I wanted. I wanted the necessary evil to be that Tommy had to like fuse the white and green powers and almost look like a good version no, of Draken or something no at some dragon. point. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want it. So one of the other themes in this uh, run of Gogo from twenty one to twenty five was we also get the fill in for Lord Zed and the rest of the evil space aliens and. I like that each issue he kind of broke down like another member of the team. So like with Finster, he was saying that he never uses Finster's creations because they're worthless clay. They don't have any psychological impact. You're not taking something that someone loves and corrupting it to really drive fear. It's like, He was saying that Finster's creations were clay that no one cares about. So until he can create something that strikes the same kind of fear as what Lord Zed does, 
then he will continue not to use Fencer's creations. And he did something similar in another issue with Goldar, where he's fighting with Goldar, basically saying, look, if you can take me, you know, here's your chance. And Lord Zed, no, what I liked about was that they referred back to one of the annual stories because you find out that in that short story, Lord Zed killed Goldar's brother and Goldar was essentially forced to serve Lord Zed. So that was something that I really enjoyed too. It was just a nice moment in the comics where Lord Zed is essentially tearing down his minions to build them back up. He's like, well, you're worthless to me now, but if you change and you can prove yourself to me, then maybe we can talk. And it's kind of like this tough love that Lord Zed is doing that really separates him from Rita. And I was waiting, like when these comics first started, I was always wondering when Lord Zed is going to come into the comics. And I'm so glad that they saved it for Necessary Evil because early on in this arc, he's just so calculating and more menacing. And that's the Lord Zed I remember from my childhood. And it's just really cool to see him into the comics with this arc, finally. Just to piggyback off of what you said, one thing I do appreciate also is that when Zed was making those creations, you know, the ones that were supposed to, you know, tug at a certain feel. I like that we were also starting to get the hints of Zach and Trini starting to see how their story was being set up as well because they were working at, you know, Trini's youth center and mm-hmm. then they had that conversation. Trini, you know, was starting to feel a certain type of way. And, you know, you can probably get the hint that Zach was starting to feel a certain type of way about how everything was going as well. So it, it was cool that how that what Zed was doing somehow led into what we know, you know, was going to be, you know, Jason, first Jason, and then Trini and Zach going off, becoming the Omega Rangers and whatnot. So, yeah, I, I just want to highlight that because I think that was really important. That was the whole issue with the whole War Bunny thing. When MMPR set that up, it, it was just a side comment. Oh, yeah, let's do the thing we did against War Bunny. And, and Kia's like, what's a War Bunny? like? And so they took that into Go-Go. And with Lord Zed's conversation, that was driving the point home. Trini volunteering, she said in the issue, that was her way to give back. You know, they do all this great things as rangers, but they're not doing much on the ground to help support the rehabilitation of all these attacks. And Lord Zed targeted this rabbit that she was using to volunteer with the kids. And he corrupted that. And their whole conversation, Zach, by the end of it, once they defeated war bunny and you know, everything was kind of like back to normal. Zach was like, wow, you know, I see your point about volunteering. We can really give back. But then it flipped because Trini blamed herself and she decided to quit volunteering. And that was such a great moment. Lord Zed, that was his whole point, was to pick and drive at the Rangers. And it eventually leads into Mighty Morphin when Dane does the same type of psychological type of warfare. He targets their weaknesses, but 
doesn't kill them because he's trying to seed that doubt. Like, well, are we a good team? I don't know if we're a good team. I want to bring up, what do you guys think about Matt coming back into go-go Power Rangers? That's on purpose. Another one of my theories. I know we see a lot of Matt in go-go Power Rangers, but now that we know go-go's unfortunately ending, I have zero doubt in my mind that Zed is going to use him and at some point in the future. I don't believe that Matt is just going to be here just to be a random, you know, character, you know, mm-hmm. that's Kimberly focused. Nah, he is here for the long haul. I'm glad that he's back into the fold. I'm glad that they didn't just drop off that story, you know, because he found out, you know, there were Rangers and they didn't want to be true about that. I'm I'm glad he's back in because if anything, Ryan Parrott has shown that he doesn't just put certain aspects in these stories without some sort of payoff in the end. Yep. And I think there is going to be a payoff with Matt, and we're starting to see it with Necessary Evil. He is such a fun character because if you have followed Gogo from the beginning, you know how tragic his story is, mm-hmm. you know, and how much trauma the guy's been through. And on top of all of that, he thinks he's got a shot with his girl again. You know, they're kind of on the same page. And then, oh, Tommy's back again. It's very, like you're saying, Ro, like it, something's got to happen. Something doesn't happen with that. I will actually be disappointed. Like it's something yeah. has to happen with that character because there's so much potential to make him thrown out there. You can make him a, a, his own evil ranger, but evil by choice. You know, because he's just so messed up from what's happened and he's so just anti-Tommy. Yeah, I was just going to say they could maybe like mind control to a degree or something where like Zed preys on all his like, you know, deep down resentment and anger and, and things that he maybe thought were over, but not really. And like twists that and turns him into like, a, and that'd be a great way to give us like another new design, like create your own completely new evil ranger design. Oh, shit. He's the new Dark Ranger. Oh. Yeah, like something like that. Like, But don't just make him like, you know, an evil Red Ranger or an evil Green Ranger or something like that. Like com- something completely new. Just give us, like they did with the Omega Rangers. Like once the whole Omega Ranger thing is over and, and I, I have a feeling that eventually they might send, like after the Omega Rangers are done, maybe they'll kind of send them off and focus on the six we're used to for like season three. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, bring him in because Kim would still be there and Tommy would still be there. And that would be kind of the triangle to create this. That actually, that would be a really cool idea. I would like that if they did that. And I like what you were saying, Ro, because they did a lot of work early on in these go-go's when I was reading them where Matt was like driving the point that he's like, well, Zach feels this way because, you know, I've known him for 10 years and he's using his joking nature as a cover-up for his true feelings. It reminded me that, yeah, Matt knew them for a long time. And now that he's kind of still on the sidelines, you know, if Lord Zed ever found out about him, that's a huge weakness for the Rangers that Lord Zed can exploit. Yeah, absolutely. They're reinforcing that point with these early scenes. Cause I was, I was rereading these over the weekend and I was like, I forgot Matt played kind of an important part bouncing off with Kim. And she was kind of leaning on him as a confidant while Tommy was away. And I feel that there's going to be some major re- repercussions with that. I hope there is. And, and like Chris said, if there isn't, 
I might be a little disappointed with that, but I trust Ryan enough as a writer where, you know, these seeds are planted and then they pay off. Yeah. Seeds you didn't even know he's been planting for a while. Mm -hmm. Like in issue 24, where Brady, this background character is like Bulk's rival. (laughs) (laughs) And I was floored when I found that out because you know, he was like, oh, yeah, that that Brady character in the background of like this issue, this issue, this issue, this issue. Yeah, this is him. So I, I kind of want to uh, talk about that issue a bit. This is issue 24. This is kind of like the more standalone. And for me, this kind of calls back to what they did earlier in MMPR run where like, you know, issue five was the Zach focus. Issue 10 was the Billy focus. And it's one of those issues where it gives the main artist a break for a month while they tell this side story that maybe might inform the rest of, you know, what's going on. And in the second half of our Necessary Evil, they do it again with uh, the Rita issue, you know, which we'll talk about next time. But overall, what were your thoughts on, on issue 24? Personally, I enjoyed it. I liked seeing Bulk and Skull have kind of their own moment to shine. And it really showed glimpses of, you know, the characters we know that they become. I really liked it. Like, I just thought it was good fun. And like you said, I've really come to appreciate Bulk and Skull more over the years. Like one, just because I think the actors are really cool. And and although that's not necessarily directly related to the characters like i feel like it informs the characters and if you like the actors you probably like the characters more but like i've been re-watching power rangers recently and they've got some of the best character development in like all of that show like across all the seasons because they were there for five years i mean i know they're kind of in lost galaxy but i think i counted the other day and they're literally in like three like two four episodes, episodes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like two minutes at a time but uh, I mean, I like a lot of it was them just trying to figure out what to do with them. But it was neat because it gave them like you watch them go from just like bullies to like, you know, heroic characters. Like, yes, they're not superheroes or anything, but they're out there trying to pull people out of rubble and stuff. And, and you see it here. Like there's these people, you know, trapped in like a, like a fenced in area or something. I can't remember yeah. exactly what it was, but uh, they had to like lose their winning scoop footage yeah, to to go save these people. And it's. It's cool, and I think it's one of those things that they're side characters, but they're kind of beloved side characters. I think there's a reason for it, and you know, in this moment, you're definitely cheering for them. Like you definitely feel like they're earning it. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I think it was really fun, and plus, I just I love Bulk and Skull. They're great. And again, informing what happens in uh, MMPR because we see how uh, Skull and Candace meet his his new girlfriend. Because mm. that's how they meet for the first time. So even when you have this side story, they're still filling in the gaps. What's her deal, anyways? Because she wasn't in the show, was she? Mm-mm. Like she, I know they had like the female Bulk and Skull show up for a few episodes <laughs> there and there, but, yeah, but but it, it, everything kind of serves a purpose for the greater arc. Like I guess part of me is kind of like, so what purpose is that serve? Because part of Bulk and Skull's charm in the show is the fact that, and it's more emphasized in Zeo when you get to see more of like you know, the backstory of Skull and stuff like that. You know, the thing is, they're, they're like best friends who are also so afraid of embarrassing themselves in front of one another because they created this, you know, fake persona of themselves mm-hmm. to be rough, tough bullies and stuff like that. Like, oh, God, you know, Skull playing classical music. 
Bulk will, will laugh at him forever, and he doesn't want to get laughed at. So what does her purpose serve in this? Because is she supposed to serve as heartbreak and then be something that Bulk hopes will get over? Or is she supposed to be a divide between the two of them at some point in the future? Or maybe I'm just like searching for an, a reason for her inclusion, because, like I said, part of their charm has always been they've been that inseparable duo, but their charm ends up being the fact that they're actually good people, despite what they try Mm. to make themselves out to be. Yeah. And I was going to say even, well, one to to talk about what you're talking about. I think one, it could be a divide, but what if she's dark Ranger number two? Oh, Oh, that that could be, now that you think about it, that could be kind of a a neat thing that they do is just basically recreate the dark rangers but actually make them power and, and the yeah. next the next dark after necessary evil is a whole new team of dark rangers and they're made up of characters that we've come to know like like the the freaking what's brady and yeah. candace or whatever and matt and you know maybe we'll throw uncle jake in there for tommy and <laughs> you know, i was gonna say it's gonna be richie and curtis <laughs> oh man <laughs> jesus dude <laughs> well, I mean, that would be that would be really cool to have all these characters that get introduced and then suddenly you know for whatever reason they all have falling outs with the characters that we know and mm. like we already got the brady falling out with bulk but that would really serve a purpose because brady you know the power bulk and school know the power rangers so i don't know now now i'm in conspiracy mode thank you ro no problem uh, speaking of that, because in the, the original, well, that, that random Marvel comic, those set of Dark Rangers were just, I think those were like five of the worst criminals like Zed could find. And he just put, yeah. he just gave them powers. So this would, you know, if we're speculating, this would hit the Rangers even more because it would also tie back into his overall theme, which is he wants to hit the Rangers where it hurts. So what's the best way to do it? You make rangers of people who are directly tied to the rangers, so it, it works perfectly. Um, Plus, the other thing I, is, then they won't want to fight back, and they'll just get their butts kicked, which is mm-hmm. exactly for him. As for the Balkan Skull issue, I think I believe Kyle did it, and I like that uh, Ryan is doing it too. It's we get little breaks from such a heavy story, mm-hmm. just to it's a breath of fresh air. So I, b- I believe Kyle did it back with that random Zordon issue uh, on yeah. during his run. And um, we, we, we get this and you know, we also have that Rita issue. So I like it. It's fun. Bulk and Skull are very prominent characters in Power Rangers. And I really like, I guess, this updated version of them where they're YouTubers. I can relate to that because I'm a YouTuber <laughs> as well. It's cool that we get more of a focus with them. We get to figure out, you know, hey, they're they're not entirely bullies. You know, they can be great guys. I know for you know some people, these type of issues, maybe like, hey, what, what, why, why do we need this? What? No, it's it's important and it's great. And that same, I feel like what Perot and Kyle did, like they put their best foot forwards, regardless of if it's a side story or a side issue mm-hmm. or if it's the main issue, and. This is, is something I will definitely reread over and over again because it works. It, it definitely works. So I'm I like this issue a lot, and I hope we get more. I like these issues. They're probably some of my favorite of the bunch, actually. Same here. And the whole thing is like if you look at the entirety of Necessary Evil, 
this is more issues than Shattered Grid. I mean, this is almost a full year between both comics. Gogo only had like three issues as part of Shattered Grid. And it's a very heavy event because so much is happening with the story. It's not a bad thing, but it's also a good thing to have, you know, a couple of these issues to throw in to the mix. That's what I like with Gogo, because when we did find out that 32 was going to be the last issue as a news item, we could see the endpoint and it makes these issues for me, at least more anticipated because I'm like, now that that countdown is going, we know MMPR will go into the future, but the clock is ticking for GoGo Power Rangers. And it seems like there's some major stuff that's going to happen in what they're setting up for these last few issues. So to get these side stories out of the way, I don't want to say out of the way, but at least like potentially seeding what might happen for the end game. That's pretty exciting for me. I said this on uh, the Legion podcast back when, you know, I was looking over and I realized, I also realized necessary evil was, this was, this was a lot of issues, but especially for Gogo, I'm so used to ongoing comic books. You know, I follow out of DC comics. I follow out of Marvel comics. I'm just used to ongoing. You know, I'm used to a story stretching on for, you know, 50, 100 issues, you know, 200, mm-hmm. whatever. But what I noticed with Gogo was that I had a very hard time trying to figure out what they can do next. Because at that point, we didn't even, we didn't even get the news yet for that Gogo was ending. So I was like, well, what can they do? Because at some point, they have to reach, you know, where we are in 40. So mm-hmm. honestly, I'm glad that 32 issues across, you know, how, when did Google start? 2017? Uh, yeah. Yeah, 32 issues across that span of time. It's great. And I think the Gogo side for me feels it feels kind of somber because it's, it's great that it's wrapping up at the same time. It's kind of sad also. So it puts a lot of, for me, there's a lot of tension in these upcoming issues because it's like, wow, how are you going to end it? I know we're kind of talking about the end of GoGo, but I I was kind of bummed out when I heard it was ending too. Like it makes sense, but at the same time, I liked the types of stories that GoGo told, especially through the flashbacks where if we just have the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers comic as the main comic and the only comic, I at least hope and I would think that Ryan would incorporate those elements into Mighty Morphin Power Rangers going forward just because that's the way he likes to tell stories and when and we talked about this in the last episode when Beyond the Grid was happening it was like Gogo was telling its own story and we were really latching on to that it'll be interesting to see how the main comic can still maintain that type of momentum that Gogo started And so I want to talk about the last issue uh, that we're reviewing, uh, 25. This is a really Tommy-focused issue. We get to see him at the cabin talking to his Uncle Jack over the phone. A lot goes into this issue, and you see the duality between Tommy and then Jason, because Jason's trying to not put this burden that the Blue Emissary gave him with all of the memories. He doesn't want that for anyone else on his team. He wants to take that burden alone. 
And he goes into it knowing that he still wants Tommy to be part of the team. So he strikes this deal with the blue emissary. Like, look, find a way to have Tommy still be a ranger and I'll do whatever you want, whatever this secret mission is. And the blue emissary even tells him this could ruin your friendship with the team. You could lose your position as leader of the Power Rangers. But Jason's like, look, I'll do whatever it takes to do what needs to be done. That really drives the point, I think, of necessary evil. It's so cool because we start to see the beginnings of white light. I know in the show, there was that scene where Tommy was on the beach and he was like, and he got transported away. We get to see this in a new context with this issue. And when the blue emissary reveals himself to Zordon says, look, I have a potential power source. Here's what needs to be done. It's tying together everything that we wanted to see in the show because it was so out of left field in the show. Like we knew they were setting up Tommy to come back kind of, but you know, you get odd things like Billy in a vent looking in. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God. I'm glad they're not retelling that, but they're recontextualizing it. And so you find the excuse of why Billy is going back to the command center. And this was the craziest part of 25 to me. We see Grace Sterling helping him out. And I'm like, holy crap, because she's the only character so far that from beyond the grid to come back. And I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. But wait, this is go-go, isn't it? This is GoGo twenty five. Oh, that is after Shattered Grid. Still okay. Never mind. I was thinking it was yeah. before technically, but now you're right. This is after Shattered Grid, but Beyond the Grid ended with that white fade out, and we don't know what happens. And here we see Grace again, and obviously it, it seems, at least from these few panels, that you know she's just regular Grace. She doesn't have those memories of that time, and that's why, like the upcoming solicitations about you know, Ranger Slayer coming back. Maybe I'm just really curious for this end game, but I have to intersect a little bit. Cause go, go 29. Is that out yet? Or is that no, that's out on Wednesday. Yeah. We've, we've read the preview. So I, I know where you're going with this. I, I don't know where I'm going with this. No, because of what, what they reveal in 29 with a conversation between Zed and Finster and a goal. Oh, Right, 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 right. I, I didn't read it, but I do not mind you telling me what, what that preview is because I, I didn't read it out. I'll do it real quick. So basically, the premise... Wait, 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 wait. This isn't a spoiler, I guess... At the time of release of this episode. Right. So... But for all of you guys. For you guys only. Chris, are you okay with it? How spoiler it, it's, it's a it? tease. It may reveal how Ranger Slayer comes back. Oh, okay. No, 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 never mind. Okay. No, I, I remember now. I remember. Okay. Now. So you, yeah, you that's, see where, that's, that's why I had to jump in real quick to be like, cause that's what the assumption I got was when I read it. So I apologize. It's out tomorrow. Yes. Oh, okay. I'll read it tomorrow. <laughs> All right. so, <laughs> my whole point with Grace Sterling showing up in 25 was that was what we talked about last issue where we all wanted to know if Ryan would take elements of beyond the grid 
and start bringing them back into the consequences for necessary evil. And at the time when I read 25, I'm like, well, wait, how can they just show her without like (laughs) explaining everything? But now we're starting to see that that's going to happen. I'm so happy right now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so happy right now. I've been waiting for this for so long. Because we, again, we talked about it last time. Like, we all wanted closure. We said either a miniseries or we a one-shot something, and we're getting it. I could cry tears right now. I'm happy. <laughs> no, I love said closure, we meant connect. closure of that arc. We wanted to get <laughs> That's all we meant. So, GoGo25 ends with the Blue Emissary and Jason being caught in the command center by Zach and Trini, uh, who now think that Jason has something to do with Zordon and Alpha being gone. Overall, I just really liked how Gogo set up this first half of, of Necessary Evil. Yeah, I really enjoyed it as well. Again, it's from an emotional standpoint, this is very heavy. This is really heavy because you're really starting to see the deconstruction of a team that we've been following. Well, that we've known for all of our lives, but that we've been closely following in the comic books. So it's it's actually kind of sad to see as you progress, you really start to see like this really is necessary evil. Like it sucks. Like we're breaking up, you know, a group of friends, but at the same time, you have to. Like there's no other point. Mm-hmm. Well, there's no other way because I mean we're we're talking about the fate of the world here. So it's it's sad. Like I'm not gonna lie to you. Like I honestly say like the go-go aspect of this, on top of the fact that we know it's ending. It's it's sad because it's it's it feels like a part of me is just it's like I'm breaking up with friends also mm-hmm. because you know we're just seeing everything kind of just go to hell. So I like it from a story standpoint, but also at the same time, it's yeah, I'm I'm big sad about it too. Yeah, for sure. We'll get into that next time, but yeah, in six months. Yeah, no, <laughs> in like t- t- <laughs> two or three. <laughs> Well, well, I mean, the joy with GoGo is the fact that it's releasing like every other week right now, it feels like. So, I mean, technically we could probably do a a retrospective in like six days. It's because they're dumping it out quick. That was my comment back in the White Ranger story arc. Is that covered in this? I think it is, right? It's it's 25, right? And they finish it in 20. And they finish it in 26, is that right? Yes. So, not to get too far ahead, but I even, I had reached out to Eric after we read the preview and I was like, dude... I feel like Gogo's coming to an end. Like they are That's speeding. Right. Mm-hmm. They are speeding through this so fast. Like spoiler, the end twenty six, as you guys know, like right at the start of Necessary Evil, pretty much. That's like, uh, wow, that was quick. I mean, right at like you know when the the new trio joins up, yeah. you know. So it's like, holy crap, dude! Like you just time skipped. Like, granted, in the show, it was like three episodes, but in the comics, it feels like they just time skipped this massive mm-hmm. jump. And I was like. Why are they trying so hard and rushing so fast to get Gogo caught up to Necessary Evil? It feels like they're ending. And then literally, Eric, I think it was the next day they came out. It was out the next the, day. The, the solicitation the news came, came out that it was over. <laughs> I don't remember that at the end of 26. They introduced Adam, Rocky, and Aisha? They got it almost up to the power transfer, just about. Deluding to it, pretty much. Yeah. 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 I'll have to go back and look at it. I just don't remember. I'm, I'm sure I read it, but I just don't remember it. 
going back to uh, the main storyline that that kicked all this off, MMPR issue forty. This was a huge issue. This was just massive, and I love that they brought Danielle back from Shattered Grid. I could think of no other artist that was perfect for this run in the main line just the way that he draws the characters he's able to convey emotion and how detailed some of his art is and his fights in shattered grid were amazing he even does outdoes himself in this run of necessary evil it's fantastic issue 40 really kicked off the entire event and because it wasn't until a few weeks later that uh, GoGo Power Rangers issue 21 kicked off. So this is where he first found out the time skip. Uh, We were uh, introduced to the Stone Canyon trio. We learned that Tommy is just the effects of the white light. He doesn't even sleep. He doesn't even get tired. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) White juice. The juice is loose. (laughs) <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> uh, i i mean and then we get the introduction of lord zed there's a mention so we get a little bit of point of timeline too which i didn't notice or i forgot until i reread it recently we start necessarily ne- necessarily evil necessary <laughs> evil uh in issue 40 Aisha mentions that they've been Rangers for two months. So that's where in GoGo we're seeing Jason needing to find different teenagers to complete the team. And so I, we're going to get a little bit of that overlap with the power transfer in GoGo. I'm just really hoping they reenact the scene where they chase the carriage down the hill on the rollerblades. Oh my God. No. That was the worst. I, I swear <laughs> to God, that that stupid baby carriage went on for literally 12 minutes. It was half the episode. Hot take, it was what terrible. if the baby from the baby carriage is like brought to the future and turned into an evil ranger and brought oh, back? God. There it is. The baby in the carriage is Dark Ranger. Jacob, 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 the evil red ranger of the future. That sounds kind of raw, though. And then he tries to stop like him getting saved in the carriage because... Guys, the baby just shows up and says, I'm the new Blue Ranger. <laughs> I'll go Goo Gaga. Blue Ranger, Goo Goo Gaga. What am I in all this? Chopped liver? <laughs> so... <laughs> Sorry, I watched I watched the Millennium or whatever that episode was in Turbo the other day. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> And so 40 did a lot to set up this arc. Uh, We were also introduced to Dane, uh, Candace, and then introduced to the Omega Rangers. And that, that final page turn, you know, Kim and Billy calling Jason Trini and Zach that reveal that they were not at the peace conference. It was massive to find out that we have new power Rangers that we've never seen before. It's something that they've done a lot with the comics, like with the Solar Rangers and all of that. But, but good. For, but good. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but this was like, it felt like for the characters, it did them justice of what happened in the show. And to use a real world event like 
you know, the cast changing to tell an interesting story. For me, that's the best part of Necessary Evil and the comics. Yeah. I mean, like I was saying earlier before the first time Chris interrupted us, uh, the fact that they're (laughs) retconning like a crappy thing and using it as an excuse to tell an interesting story. I think that's really cool. Like they took this thing that happened that had absolutely nothing to do with what was going on in the show. It was just the three actors deciding to leave and they've spun it and retconned it into something that's actually neat and interesting and awesome. And I think that's like, that takes talent to, to see something like that and see it as an opportunity. Yeah. It's ballsy. That's very, very ballsy because we've Mm -hmm. heard a lot of talk about what led to those three leaving. So that's very ballsy on Ryan Parrott. I don't know if he had to, you know, get an okay on that or whatever, but it's, that took me by surprise. Uh, one thing I do really appreciate about 40 is that it opens up literally where Shattered Grid ends. Mm-hmm. So it's weird because it's, I know we, we had our opinions about Beyond the Grid, but I feel like this was perfect because it, it also did, it, it lets you know that, hey, this is a recent, but also at the same time, it was like if you didn't reach uh, Beyond, the, Beyond the Grid and you skipped okay. that entire arc, <laughs> yeah, it's just like, Oh, hey, what? Oh, great. It's just shouted great. I could just jump right in. So I, I really did appreciate that. I mean, I, I still read it, but I can only imagine, you know, how awesome that was for, again, someone who purposely skipped out and all of that. Um, <laughs> Story time. Story time. So when 40 was coming out, I had gone to a, I can't call it a local comic book store because it's like 40 minutes away, but went to this comic book store maybe i think it was the monday before necessary evil dropped and i remember i called you eric afterwards yeah the guys running the shop were actually reading it in the back corner of the shop as they were getting all their polls ready for for that wednesday and we ended up chit-chatting for like 45 minutes and they let me read the comics so there is an audience out there and the more you tap into stuff that happened in the show the Mm. more you have the potential to grab uh, the very large number of, I hate calling them casuals, but I I will call them kids who grew up with Mighty Morphin who aren't necessarily fans of Power Rangers today. And let's, let's, you know, let's be real. There's very good reason why a lot of people aren't fans of Power Rangers today, but there's just so much potential there. And whatever the decision that was made to follow that storyline, that was great. And all it's really done to me now is made me want them to follow up on all these other stories. Like, Hey, I hated Turbo, but can we please, please figure out what the heck was going on with the Millennium Message, right? Can we please find out what happened to Andros' first team in Power Rangers in space? Can we, for, you know, all these right. other stories that, that they glossed over Did he have a first team? Yes. It's implied. It's yeah. implied, but they never actually stated. But all these different stories that can be brought up, like, and the fact that this has gone off, and as far as I understand, it's been pretty successful, like, now I'm just kind of like, please don't ever quit the comics and please go explore all these things that happened in the show that were never actually addressed. Like Dulcia and Divatox, what's their relationship? What's going on with that? Can we get a backstory on that finally? Because that never came about. So there's just so much potential. And I hope that with Go-Go's ending and Mighty Morphin, you know, changing after 50 or whatever, um, that we can continue this trend and just, just give Ryan Parrott, like, just, just give him Power Rangers, I think. Just just Please. give it to him. 
Please. Like, give it to him. Bring Kyle back. Get the two of them to, like, just write nothing but Power Rangers. They have to release an issue every single week. Um, <laughs> hey, look. Danielle, just... he, he is, he's got to start drawing now. He, you're never going to stop. Um, bring back Dan Mora, too. Um, Dan Mora's got to do every, every cover and every splash page uh, for the rest of time. And, um, yeah, we'll call it good at that point, guys. Look, we just finished a six week straight run of power rangers coming out every week it has shattered my wallet this is the shattered (laughs) wallet issue yeah ryan deserves all the praise because balancing three different uh series ongoing and to have a six week straight release schedule of these comics dude needs a vacation he needs all of the (laughs) all of the time to regenerate before, you know, starting something new. And, but I think that's, what's great. It's like, they've, you know, obviously due to the nature of comics, they've been planning this for a while and it shows, it shows in the writing. It shows in, in the setup of uh, the pacing of these issues. And it's definitely a breath of fresh air coming back to this type of storytelling after the last arc that we got, because Whereas that felt aimless, this definitely has an, an endpoint. And hearing Ryan talk in in other interviews about, oh yeah, we knew we were going to thirty two issues on GoGo, this was it. And for the boom to give that chance to wrap up that story and tie it into this event, it's been a great event so far. Mm-hmm. Now, just for the rest of, of MMPR, the reason I did, you know, 40 to 45, there's this arc with Kia and Kia is like the most important part of this since she's the main antagonist. And what separates her from other villains is she starts out as a hero, uh, maybe a reluctant hero, but you hear her backstory you get to learn about how she became someone who was empowered that becomes a ranger because the blue emissary believed in her, her tragic death of her family. It's wasn't her fault in a way that, you know, the blue emissary is like, well, it's not murder through this arc of 40 to 45 is just to me, one of the best setups in the comics for one of the villains or an antagonist, because She's not doing it like a mustache twirling, you know, I I need to take over the world. She has a a clear thought process and is suffering through some very traumatic things. And the way that they were able to tie all of the story elements of like Briel and the color swapping and the memory sharing, like reading each other's minds to trigger her descent into what ends up happening in 45, where she kills the blue emissary. That arc from just 40 to 45 is just, you're seeing her descent into a dark or really dark place, but you kind of understand where she's coming from. And that, that's what makes it even more tragic. She tells the backstory to Trini of her brother and family getting killed. They have that disagreement when they capture Kavodis, where a lot of the Rangers are like, look, he helped us. And the Blue Emissary is like, well, too bad. He's still getting locked up because 
he murdered these people. Kia was like, well, then you got to lock me up too. It was those disagreements and that kind of injustice that she saw where she's like, well, look, why do we have to stick to this Power Rangers thing? We don't. We should use our talents for something greater. And we don't have to abide by this Power Rangers logic. And I think that was the best part of these six issues. Foreshadowing that she feels that her and her group have to be the necessary evil in the world. But the other thing is, isn't it that she hates she hates Tommy because she thinks he's going to become Draken again and kill her family? That's, that's, yeah, that's, that's the that very the next point. issue with the greatest artwork of this entire arc in like two panels, just throwing it out there right now. See, I kind of took that as like a Batman v Superman kind of thing where they're all like, no, Tommy's fine now. And she's like, Batman, she's like, I've had tragedy in my past and it's going to happen again. And we can't trust the alien. <laughs> well, <laughs> but they show that because it was that's what I was referring to there was that setup when they went to that undercover mission on Briel and they started sharing their memories and Jason remembered Draken and there's that panel where she sees Draken half the panel is a close-up of her face and like she's getting that memory and she's like oh and that's when she starts becoming more distant from them and so when they fight on the moon when they fight lord zed on the moon and she sees the white ranger costume that's the trigger that's the post-traumatic stress syndrome that that kicks in and just that's the moment that unhinges her but to have that be set up in a few issues to start to see that because it's at the end of that issue where she kills the blue emissary. So it was this setup for four issues and then they slam right into that event. I just thought it was super well done. It was brilliant how they set that up and they used those previous story elements to tie it together. Agreed. Yeah, Yeah, I I agree. I like being pushed towards a villain. Like normally, you know, I'm, I'm all for the heroes, but I think parrot really made it a point here to just, push you towards the side of Kia. Like, you really cannot disagree with mm-hmm. her logic. You cannot disagree with it at all. She has no idea, you know, that the, the timeline reset or any of the stuff that's going on. All she sees is Dragon. He looks very similar to Dragon minus, you know, the Green Ranger addition to it. But I really enjoyed that. At first, when I read it, I was like, well, when we first read the solicits, I was like, ah, okay, well, I, I was kind of bummed out that, you know, that that got spoiled you know we we already knew that kia was gonna turn but Mm -hmm. finding out why exactly i was like you know what okay i'm i'm all right with this because this makes perfect sense like this makes she does make the perfect villain at the time and also i just want to put this out there we kind of just glossed over it the way the omega rangers busted up in zed's palace and gave him the hands was amazing oh yeah (laughs) that's 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 like 25 oh. years like of, of like pent-up angst. Like, why did they never just go ahead and do it? And then they oh. did it. For the they same gave... reason that they don't send 40 monsters at once. <laughs> 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 oh, man. I cannot say enough great things about that. And, you know, to your point, Chris, when you said that 25 years of pent-up stuff, the way that they set it up with Jason... Like it's the last straw and Jason just tells 
the blue emissary. I want to deal with this now because my friends got hurt. We're doing this. It's a great play on the tragedy that is Jason in this arc, this entire storyline in the sense that he feels this overwhelming pressure that he has to go and right the wrongs of this alternate timeline, so to speak, that have bled over. He feels completely responsible for everything because he, in in retrospect, he's feeling like he rushed it. We got to get Tommy back. Now we got to get replacements for us and then we can go and then they go, but it's like, Oh, Hey, uh, we were just replaced three really strong Rangers with three newbies, and guess what? They they really aren't up to snuff yet, and they got their butts handed to them by you know um, basically like shattered glass, shattered grid, a uh, uh, doggy Kruger more or less is what I'm gonna call them. Mm-hmm. And so it is. It's very rewarding emotionally if you're invested in these characters to see Jason be like, "That's it. I'm 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 effing done with this." Shit. And just, like, I don't care. You're like, guess what? You're not Zordon. I don't have to answer to, to whatever you say. We're Amen. going in. And we're going we're gonna to end this. And we're going to end it now. And they do. I mean, they, they, they win. Yeah. What, what I love about Daniele through this whole arc, it's like, I'm going to call this the, like, downward force punch arc. Because the way he draws, like, these powerful downward punches throughout this arc I I never get tired of that. The way that he draws the force of that. And it almost made me laugh when Zed got punched by the Zord. I'm like, I'm like, holy, (laughs) they went there. They actually did that. (laughs) And we kind of glossed over Dane too, but even that fight was just brutal. Not only him taking out Tommy for an issue, but then the Megazord fight where it forces the Omega Rangers to come back to Earth. We even saw the escalation just in the Omega's powers throughout these five issues. You know, we saw them go hand to hand. Then we saw them use their weapons on Breel. And then it was like, boom, here come the Zords. It kind of felt like the comic version of the TV show and like, hey, let's introduce all the new things. And I think, Chris, you and I talked about that. While it seemed like back then that was more annoying, it was like, because every solicit was like, it's the Zords, it's the weapons. But, you know, rereading it, it just keeps escalating their power. And for it to culminate in this moon fight was just amazing. Oh, my goodness. Listen, I was hooting and hollering on the train. That's how much I love that issue. Mm-hmm. Oh man, oh man! <laughs> it's easily it's it's easily one of the best issues of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers since Shattered Grid. Yeah, easily without mm-hmm. a doubt, and it's very rewarding for again people that grew up with the show. You know, hey, why did they never just take the Megazord to punch somebody? Well, there you go. You know, why didn't they ever just take all their stuff and go to the moon and escalate the fight? Like, I get it. You're not supposed to, but why not? It was just so rewarding. And then, like I said earlier, like my favorite panel of art from this entire arc is there when, when Kia sees the White Ranger and then the next panel, it's, it's instead of the White Ranger, it's Lord Draken with the others. And I'm just like, oh, you know, like... <laughs> Because I'm yeah. sorry, I'm a, I'm a Draken fanboy. Like I think Draken's the best thing to happen to this brand since its mm-hmm. inception. And I I would be you know if they want to do something great and like let's let's do an animated show and Draken's the main villain. Like let's just do it. You know like I'm on board with a hundred percent. I'll buy everything that comes out. And I think a lot of fans would be too. So more Draken the better. 
and I had talked to you before, Eric, or I at least made mention at some point that I was feeling kind of burnt out by Mighty Morphin when Necessary Evil was about up to that point. Yeah. Just because I was so invested in the changes they had done for Rocky, Adam, and Aisha, and how, uh, as opposed to the show, where they're all of a sudden best friends and, and like, you know, hanging out all the time, and, like, they've been best friends for years um, in the comic, it's kind of like, hey, we're the new people, and they don't trust us, and they won't tell us anything, and they think we suck, and you know what, we think they kind of suck, and there's a divide. I wanted them to focus on the divide, because I thought that was incredibly interesting, because the Power Rangers are always shown as a 100%, like, willy-nilly, we're good friends, we're best friends. I think RPM is the only series where they didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was really invested to see, like, ooh, what's going to happen when the uh, three from the, the three carryovers and the three newbies don't get along? Like, I want to see that dynamic develop. And I was really tired that Mighty Morphin seemed to be the adventures of Jason, Trini, and Zack in space, guest-starring the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Like, I, I was really getting kind of tired of that a little bit, because it's like, I, I think the Omega Rangers are cool, but I think they're more cool as an explanation as to why they left the show. And I don't necessarily want to follow their adventures throughout space. Like if I did, you know, make a Go Go Omega Rangers comic or something, and then I'll watch that or read that. So to get this, like, to finally get the teams interacting with each other, and yeah, that that I was like, all right, now I'm back on board. Mm-hmm. And it kind of with Kia especially, it really kind of gave like reasoning as to why they set it up the way they did, which is basically to explain how Kia goes bad is basically why they focus on the Omega Rangers from like 41 through 44 or whatever. So I'm like, okay, cool. I get that. But at the same time, a part of me is a little sad because it's like, well, all this is wrapping up in like the next two or three issues. I kind of want a bigger payoff, a bigger battle. Like it's, it's more a betrayal from a team member is more meaningful when it's drawn out as opposed to, Mm -hmm. They betrayed you, and in three issues, it's all resolved. Like, you know, I want to see that last, like, forever, like, for years and years in the comics. I want a betrayal to actually mean something emotionally, not just be a quick story plot that's done and over with. And I'm not saying that's going to be the case. Right. I, I, I trust Ryan will make this be meaningful and impactful, but at the same time, looking ahead, I can't help but predict another shiny reset button when this is all said and done. <sighs> I really hope that's not the case. I definitely can see where you're coming from, Chris. And, you know, we'll talk about it in part two for the second half of Necessary Evil, but even recent issues have started to kind of even out that conflict. And even in the latest issue of MMPR, uh, not the one that just came out, but the one before, you know, where we see Aisha and Trini interacting, which we never got in the show. And for it to be like, you know, Trini's trying to reassure, Hey, we're just trying to help you. We're not coming back to take your powers. And Aisha being like, well, you already lied to your old team. You could just be lying to me right now. I don't (laughs) trust you. I liked where that direction where they went with that because these past issues have shown that the stone Canyon trio feel really just out of the loop on everything. And it feels Mm -hmm. like they're picking up all this baggage. So, you know, in these next couple issues that end up happening, you know, they jump at the chance to go out in the space and yeah, let's be helpful. Let's, let's do something. Let's not sit on our hands and think that we're useless. And there's some great conversations in there between 
you know, Rocky, Aisha, and Adam about, well, are we useless? Are we just the backups? E- even in some of these early issues, like the talks that they have, 41 and, and 40, and the tension between Aisha and Kimberly, I really enjoyed those because you could see a team that's not all together yet. It's funny that you bring that up because um, I... I just finished doing a rewatch of Mighty Morphin. And uh, one thing I did notice with, you know, with season two, um, Ginger Herb actually was the first one to point it out to me, but I didn't see it until I rewatched it again recently. Um, When Rocky Adam and Aisha came into the picture, like you can tell some of those episodes after that were really met for Jason, Zach and Trini. Mm Mm-hmm. And then what yep. I really like here is that Ryan Parrott is taking his time to really give some type of individuality to these characters. Like, I was happy that, you know, the three of them, well, again, I don't mean to jump ahead. I, I, I like the fact that they were just really happy to go into space, you know, with, 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 you know, with the veteran Rangers. Yep. And I like that they're coming more into their own characters because we really honestly... When Rocky, Adam, and Aisha came in, you know, it was at the tail end of season two. By season three, it was a shorter episode count, so mm-hmm. there, really, there really wasn't much character development to happen between them. I really feel like it was at Zeo where we really got to see them fleshed out. But here in Mighty Morphin, what happened in Zeo, we're getting it in Mighty Morphin, which is very important. So it's not just a rehash. Like, it's because uh, a lot of people do feel like they were just replacements. So what does Ryan Perot do? He's like, hey, I'm going to give these people their own individual personalities, give them their own actual stories. So by the time we reach Zio, we, we can't really say they're just the replacements. Like, no, they. I expect by the time, you know, if the comics go that far, mm-hmm. you know, they are solidified as their own rangers. Like we can say Rocky is not the replacement of Jason. Uh, Adam is not the replacement of Zach. Aisha is not the replacement of Trini. That's why I like that they took the opportunity to also update the character designs themselves. Adam's got a few more piercings. He had piercings in the show, but, you know, now he's got kind of like a, a lip ring. He's, you know, modernized. And I was very glad to see that modernization hit these Rangers as well. And even Aisha, just the fierceness that she has in defending her opinion and being outspoken and, you know, not being happy with being put on the sideline. It shows that her character has has a deeper fire inside her that I think, like, is more in line with the actress. Mm -hmm. And it's great to see them take those characters and push them. Like Adam through Turbo, Zeo and Turbo, uh, Adam's like a beloved ranger for a lot of people. But in the third season, like uh, they all kind of got sidelined. And it, it wasn't until they came into their own in those later seasons. And to even have like Rocky, you know, because we know Rocky just wants to have fun, but he's the <laughs> one. But he's the one that's getting, you know, the nice one-liners in the comic and kind of the zings. And he's the one to point out the weird stuff. And 
he's kind of filling the roles that Zach played. It's like this change up of the personalities and it creates this new dynamic that I really love reading in the comics. I wonder if he's, cause you know, in Zeo, like they didn't, I guess they didn't know what to do with Rocky. They made him kind of like a weird goofball. Like everyone else is like coupling off and he's just there. Like, just being right. weird and awkward all the time. <laughs> so I wonder if like they're taking some of his personality from Zio and trying to put it in now where like yeah. you said, he didn't really have, because I mean, as much as Karen Ashley goes on about, Oh, I was, you know, mighty Morphin yellow. It's like, yeah, for 10 minutes. Like if you think about it, it came in at the end of season two, you go, like, the first half of season three, and then they turned him into kids and then fired. she was gone. Like Rose like, Oh, what's going off. <laughs> But you know what I mean? Like, she was probably Yellow Ranger least of everybody. Like, Nikita was longer she than was in the movie. Right. I mean, sure, but... I mean, because, so. I mean, you have to... No, I'm not taking anything away from the fact that, that yeah, I, I don't necessarily disagree with you. And she's in that weird predicament. Like, personal issues aside, like, I, I you know, it's it's hard to put yourself in her shoes where, like, the only color she ever was was Mighty Morphin Yellow. And it just so happens to be the same color as another actress who unfortunately passed away. So she's kind of screwed if you do and screwed if you don't. Because if she puts herself out there like, hey, I was the Mighty Morphin Yellow Ranger, there's always going to be people to go, yeah, the second one. But, you know, she that's the only Ranger she was. It's the only color she was. You know, she can't Actually, help the, the third that. one. Oh. <laughs> you know what? Nobody, nobody <laughs> saw the pilot. <laughs> they didn't even air it until Power Rangers in space. Come on, and Walter Jones. Yeah. The only thing people remember from that episode is that Walter Jones was talking in front of a Gold Ranger mannequin. Okay, it's the only thing people remember. From that episode. No, that's the only oh. thing you remember. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, so I don't know. Like, I, I do like that they are getting more characterization. You know, like you were saying, Chris. I, I do like that they're kind of being painted as their own characters. Like Adam's got a lip ring. What? You know, modernized, so to speak. Uh, I'd like to see a ranger with tattoos, though. I think that should be uh, stated. Ooh. No tattoos, no facial hair. Isn't that the rules? <laughs> well, it, it, according to Austin St. John, yes. Because they made him shave his beard for Beast Morphers. But, and then I was like, oh, God, put it back on. They're like, hey, man, then... this isn't Beard Morphers. Let's get that off of there. <laughs> beard Morphers. <laughs> beard Morphers. <laughs> man, you have so many good ideas. Now you just want to see Beard Morphers, don't I lie. do. <laughs> like, Beast Morphers, to me, has always been a parody of Power Rangers Great Buddies, which never got yep. off the ground. Yep. I mean, Eric, we're going to start Power Rangers Great Buddies, you know, for the GB logo or yep. whatever. Right. But... Sure, sure. Oh, that was, that was fun times. Eric, I like when you ride me. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> no, so we had we we had this idea because like um for one of the crossovers we were going to do Power Rangers Great Buddies because at that point we figured oh they they will never adapt Go Busters. It's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. And we came up with some funny lines like um I was going to be Cheetah Nick, Eric was going to be <laughs> Red Buster and every time he got on the motorcycle he was going to be like I like it when you ride me, Eric. <laughs> That puts, let's go for a spin, cruise in a whole new life. <laughs> I like it when you fill up my tank. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, so it was it was gonna be this this parody, but um 
I, I don't know how we got on this topic, but uh, oh, beard morphers. Yeah, there could be like a goatee ranger, like a <laughs> soul patch ranger. <laughs> Handlebar mustache ranger. He's the sixth ranger. <laughs> Before we move on to Ranger Nation answers, this first half of, of Necessary Evil, any final thoughts? Was this a strong start to this arc? I'll keep it short. I'll just say yes, I liked it. Uh, I think it's gotten even better as it's continued, but we'll talk about that more last time. But uh, yeah, like I said, my biggest thing was the whole creation of the Omega Rangers. And, and you know, we all know the peace conference was a lie, but they made it a different lie. So that was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that's cool. For one, I think it's a shame that Beyond the Grid kind of killed a lot of interest in the comic. Um, because if, if the interest was still at the level it was at Shattered Grid, I feel like Necessary Evil would be a much bigger talking point like in pop culture, like Shattered Grid was. So I, I think that kind of is a bummer as far as how it ranks. You know, I don't, I, I don't think anyone's going to be able to surpass Shattered Grid. However, how close it gets is going to be dependent to me on how this ends. Yeah. Uh, like we said, if it ends with a big old reset button again, which I hope it doesn't, but I could see why it would have to. Because it's always about, they seem to continue to be like, we're going to expand something that happened in the season, and then we'll go back and be like, just kidding. So if they do that again, I'll be a little bit sad. But yeah, depending on how the arc comes to a close with 50 will determine how close it gets to Shattered Grid in terms of like, heck yeah, that was awesome. There's been some awesome moments, but I can't say that I've been as as invested in it as I was with everything leading up in Shattered Grid. I enjoy it. I really enjoy it. Again, very ballsy with some of the behind-the-scenes stuff that they decided to incorporate into the story. So that's really giving it a lot of weight for me. I really do enjoy the fact that it seems like it's going to connect to Beyond the Grid, which is which is what I like in general. I like continuity. For the longest time, Beyond the Grid was just kind of its one-off thing. Now we're, hey, it's looking like they're going to connect. So maybe, maybe I might have to read beyond the grid again you know just for context to see you know what dots mm-hmm. connect so I, I really enjoy that but yeah so, so far uh, i'm enjoying it i'm very eager to see how it ends because again this is a very emotional story for me uh you know gogo's ending um we're reaching 50 so that there's just a lot that they're playing with and i dare say on an emotional aspect this is hitting me a lot harder than Shattered Grid did because mm. this feels more personal. You know, Shattered Grid was more, you know, we, you know, rightfully so. We had to, you know, touch up on every single Ranger team. This is a more personal, condensed story, you know, that focus solely on the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. And it's it's hitting those points for me, man. So let's let's see how it ends. I definitely feel the same way. Like this arc has been so entertaining to read and i i like reading these issues i like collecting the the stories uh the the covers it's just really hitting on all cylinders and yeah like to your point row shattered grid was that big stereotypical comic crossover that you know everyone needs to do but the fact that necessary evil is building on that story and taking it to that personal level, it makes me appreciate the TV show more. And that's one of the strengths of the comics is being able to 
recontextualize and show moments and just develop these characters in a way that the TV show never did. And, you know, I, I know we joke a lot as a fandom, like, Oh, I'm so sick of MMPR, but for this comic to reach like 50 issues and then 32 on top of that with a secondary series and two crossovers and this and that and the other, it's been a great time to be a power Rangers fan these last few years. And, you know, the comics have gone us through some low points in not only the show, but, you know, through some transitions and I'll forever appreciate the comics for doing that. So on that note, well said, thank you. We're going to get into our Ranger nation answers question where, uh, we had a contest recently that, uh, ended for some comic issues and we asked people as part of that contest, uh, tell us one event that you would want to see happen in the comics. So first on Twitter, the house of voodoo dolls at voodoo seven, eight, one said Tommy Oliver as Dino Thunder black fighting his former personas of MMPR green, white, zeo red and turbo red also facing Lord Draken. I think that's kind of an interesting idea, kind of like a, a legacy of power, but updated. That might be cool. Oh, okay. Are you doing another thing, Chris? <laughs> this one's even just as good. <laughs> oh, no. This one's even just as good. <laughs> oh, no. You have to read, make sure you read the tweet to understand the concept. Or the context, sorry. Oh, my God. Dragon Knight. Oh, no. You have to watch the whole way oh through. It's funny. Why? 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 <laughs> what the f- you play banger? Too much cringe? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Dustin is just killing it today, dude. Oh my gosh. Uh, he's, he's gonna be at the meetup uh next couple weeks i'm so excited he's, he's killing this oh podcast my. that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> all right chris chris uh, and roe we'll uh, go in that order which chris? chris chris one or chris two chris one and then chris okay tj kisga at hell blazer arts said zeo season in comic book form or or power rangers in space the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles mini with the new adventures. Chris, too. Long boy. Long boy. Let's go. <laughs> Sorry, I was contemplating what you just read. I was thinking about it. I didn't know if we we're going to do a discussion about it or not. No. At that one dog guy, <laughs> I want to see them go to Aquatar. Or Equitar. Or <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> guitar. Heather Deanna Floyd Travis at Heather Power One. I'm going to say Power Rangers Beast Morphers with a big team up with all the Red Rangers in the comics that I would love to see in a comic. I'd love to see all the Red Rangers together in an episode. Yeah, like 10 years ago. <laughs> 20 years ago? <laughs> That's like 19 years ago. Uh, oh my true. gosh. Yikes. We're so old. And now I'm just sad. Okay, your turn, Eric. <laughs> William J. Galvin at William J. Galvin said, I would like to see Power Rangers go up against the Avengers. I am so excited to read this next one after what we just watched on Twitter. 
EJ Alvarez at Mr. New User said, bring back Best Rider in a miniseries event crossover. AT underscore Inferno square square at AT underscore Inferno. <laughs> Remember that Zeo comic that only had one issue? I would love to see a continuation conclusion. Have the original five MMPR team gaining their powers back and fighting with the Zeo team. That sounds raw. Um, Eduardo Rivera Jr. at Batman underscore 2020. Zeo Rangers with Jason as the Gold Ranger. Team up with the Avengers. wonder if that's like a secondary account of Williams. <laughs> uh, per- personally, I that Justice League crossover was crap. Still haven't read it. Yeah, yeah I haven't either. D- don't. It's terrible. But I was thinking about this. So they're teamed up with Ninja Turtles right now, right? Yeah. Ninja Turtles have teamed up with like Everyone? Power Rangers, they are Ghostbusters, the of the comic book world. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty awesome. So like now we just have to do Power Rangers with Ghostbusters hunting down the Psycho Ranger ghosts. Power um, Rangers make... and PJ Masks. It's a match made in heaven. And PJ now Masks. Or like PR Masks. Oh, oh, potential. Oh, also, Ghostbusters teamed up with Transformers. Can we just get all of them in the same comic? <gasps> Power Rangers. Power Rangers versus Star Trek. That hasn't happened yet, but it's Ooh. happened with every other franchise. True. I wouldn't be opposed to it. <laughs> Spock's all. <laughs> it's more than time. That's highly logical. Cat Ranger with the ears. Anyways, go on. Rob Gorman at Rob G three two nine said Batman appearance. Swear Dylan. to me. <laughs> we already Who made you. Then that was the Justice League crossover. Galen at Gingerbread Nine Thousand said, "Any moment in Ranger history is legendary and amazing." That is all. right. Like that time they chased the buggy down the hill for ten minutes. It's <laughs> the most but, legendary uh, stroller chase I've ever seen. Yes. Second We're most good. legendary stroller scene because I still think the RPM one where Scott and Ziggy oh, yeah. stroll. Maybe in it to fight against the grinders was the coolest. Mm. All right. I'm going to get this wrong. Jerusalem? Jerusalem. Okay. Garcia Jordan at Lullabug Cosplay. Lauren already had a role in the comic, but I wonder, want to see what happened with Jaden afterwards. What's the sibling dynamic like now? My headcanon is that Lauren Antonio are a thing. And find a way to adapt the Shinken Red cameo from Go Busters into BM so she can appear. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Angelito at El Angel five one two zero one seven nine seven. This is crazy fantasy territory here, but I would adore a reversal of the MMPR legacy, as in Jason's team are really the first Rangers. And Grace's team are the successors. Heck, another dream of mine is that Grace and her team were what Megaforce should have been. Oh. I think that would be cool to see. Oh, uh, by the way, uh, Angelito was the winner of our contest. So uh, congrats. Congratulations, Angelito. Congrats. Um, I think that would be cool if for the next annual, if they ever do one, kind of like what Marvel does with like the what if. I would love to see like a Power Rangers what if one shot. Ooh. Randy Z uh Ocha at RZ Ocha 
uh, said, I would like to see Mystic Mother and Corone as Galaxy Pink having to go on an adventure and having to confront that they both used to be evil. That'd be a fun, like, thing to watch from the outside. Like, you know, I'll go work through your issues together. <laughs> the worst that could happen other than you both were like, man, being good stupid. Um, moving over to Facebook. We are taking a look at a comment here from Javier Alejandro Lopez. Who says RPM and Beast Morphers teaming up? They both fight viruses, so it makes sense. It's true. You can throw X8 in there too. Nailed it. <laughs> David Finn. <laughs> David Finn said, I want to know who the Phantom Ranger actually is. LOL. Would be a great event if they ever do a Turbo Stories. Oh. So now we're moving on to Instagram. And we got Snarky Sean. Potential connections to the other Saban Toku shows. I'd love to see even a brief crossover with the VR Troopers. No, 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 Sean. I, I'm I'm gonna override you and say let's get the Mystic Knights of Tiernanog. Yeah, oh, dude. When he yeah. said when he started out Mystic Mother earlier, I was like Mystic. Oh, Mother, not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see Tommy squared off against the guy in the red armor. See, you don't even yeah. know his name. You love it so much, you don't remember his name's Rowan. Oh, yeah. Hey, you know what? It's not exactly the easiest thing you can go find on the internet right now, okay? That's true. You can find it on YouTube. You can mistype it, and you end up somewhere really, really not okay. <laughs> Yikes. All right. And that's a rabbit hole you don't want to go down. Uh, so... I- I think this has been a great talk. Uh, I want to thank you guys for joining me once again to review the comics. It's uh, been really awesome. So I want to give you guys a chance to uh, plug your projects and social media. Uh, so, Ro, we'll start with you. All right, man. Uh, Eric, thank you once again for having me here. I, I, I love doing these, man. I, oh, I yeah. missed you guys after like a couple months. I'm like, I want to talk comics. <laughs> Oh, no, it, it, it's awesome. I, I love having you guys here review these, and I know we love the comics a lot, so it's it, it's great to have you guys on the show. Thank you, man. Uh, so you guys can follow me at uh, on Twitter, Wolverqueen underscore, Instagram, Wolverqueen underscore. Follow me on, subscribe to my channel on YouTube, Wolverqueen Reviews. I'm on the fast track to 200 subs, so... Please check out the content. I have a lot of Power Rangers content on there that you guys will enjoy. So, yeah, come on through. All right, Chris won. That's me. Uh, you can find <laughs> me uh, on social media. I'm at Toku Chris. And then uh, for the Power Rangers side of things, you can find uh, all the work that uh, me and Chris, too, and Eric, sometimes we work on it. I don't know. It's kind of a lull right now. Uh, it's Power Ranger. It's PWRRNGR.com. The social for that is at PWRRNGR site. The Power Ranger without the vowels site headed to Toy Fair in a couple weeks, so we will be at the Hasbro brand preview event. And we also have, um, we are one of a few groups or a few entities that are getting a um, rather lengthy, in my opinion, sit down one on one with the Hasbro brand uh, team. So if you guys have questions you want to ask uh, or have asked to the toy team for Power Rangers that are going to be at Toy Fair, hop on to the Power Ranger, the PWR RNGR Discord. There's a link on the site. Um, we're making that exclusive offer to our Discord members um, as far as that. And then, of course, also at Toku Nation for your Kamen Rider stuff. And uh, there should be a lot of big stuff coming out for that Toku Nation for Kamen Rider stuff. So keep your eyes peeled. And if you're going to be in New York City, come to the Kamen Rider Team Rider meetup in Times Square. It's going to be fun. 
that's all I can say. All right. And then Chris Long. Let's see. I got a lot. So YouTube toy reviews, youtube.com slash longs toys. My Twitter is at clong83. Let's see. I do geek each week with Shuki. Uh, that comes out not each week. It's a bit of a misnomer. Uh, but <laughs> just keep your eyes out. Uh, we have a Twitter at Geek Each Week, which we release when the new episodes come out. And then uh, every Friday, 7 p.m. Almost said Western again, Pacific Time, 10 p.m. Eastern Time. We have RR the Streets, which is at youtube.com slash RR Infinity uh, or RR the Streets at RR the Streets on Twitter. I think that's everything. That's awesome. And. Once again, thank you guys for being on the show today. Uh, like I said, always great having you on. Uh, Ranger Nation, let us know what you think. If you have questions, you can email us at rangercommandpowerhour at gmail.com or check us out at rangercommand.com. We're on Twitter at rangercommandph, Instagram and Facebook, uh, rangercommandpowerhour, all one word. Uh, once again, guys, this has been awesome, and I can't wait to uh, see where Necessary Evil ends up. Thanks for having us on, Eric. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thank it's you. It's so much you. fun talking with you, Ro, and talking with you, Chris. So we should do this more often. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. After every issue. <laughs> 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 All right. And, and listeners, we'll catch you again on the next episode. So thank you. See you on the flippity flop. Wickety whack. Don't talk smack. Okay. Wicky, wicky, wicky. <laughs> I don't know what the hell that was. You've been listening to the Ranger Command Power Hour. Only on the Four Eyed Radio Network. You can catch a new episode every other Saturday. Find us on the Morphin Grid at www.rangercommand.com. Follow us on Twitter at RangerCommandPH. Like us on Facebook and Instagram at Ranger Command Power Hour. Ranger Command is also on Patreon. Become a patron by pledging as much or as little as you like every month and receive cool perks. By pledging, you are helping us make our show even better. Go to patreon.com slash rangercommandph to learn more. Thanks for listening.